0: I was looking. I think we actually got through chapter twenty-two. I remember talking about the Rita section at the top there.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But okay, and it ends <laughs> off with gift
0: giving.
3: <laughs> I thought that was my cat for a minute. I'm like,
0: oh, nope, that's my cat. Sorry.
3: <laughs> no, it's cool. It just was freaking me out because I'm like, uh... He... okay, so we're gonna start at twenty-three. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. You guys remember going through Hermione's birthday and such? Yes. And and Percy being as
0: normal, everybody
1: shut
3: up, Self. Yep.
1: Yep.
3: Okay. So anything exciting that we need to talk about before we start this thing? Or shall we just start it since we're running late?
1: Mm, Nothing particular
2: I can think of. I had opening weekend of the play, which was good and went well.
3: It looked cool. I liked the pictures that I saw.
2: Mm -hmm. It's a little weird because being an Agatha Christie play and sort of set in, vaguely, the 1930s, or written then, or something like that. Our director decided he wanted to make it like a 1930s movie or TV show, so everybody has gray makeup, so it's all black and white.
0: That's a very strange decision, but that um, maybe it's, I don't know, that seems really weird.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I've had a number of people come up to me and sort of go, I don't get what that's about, are you all supposed to be zombies,
0: or...? (laughs) (laughs) Well, because doesn't everything else have color?
1: Like no, sets and. all the,
2: and, all the sets oh, and drops every- and et cetera is black and white, except oh. for the apples that we're supposed to be eating at a couple of points because nobody could figure out how to do that. And backs of the cards that they're playing bridge with. So everything's black and white except for a few sections that are red, basically.
0: It's artistic that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think what. Uh, was that Schindler's List that did that?
3: hmm. Might be. Yes, black and white except for just a very few things.
2: Of course, he doesn't I don't know if it was the director or the lighting manager or who picked out the um, music for things, but <laughs> our curtain call music is Thriller, which does not necessarily help with the whole zombie <laughs> the whole,
0: Are you thing. guys a zombie
1: thing? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. I figure by last day we should learn some of the thriller choreography so we can do that for our curtain call. That
3: would be great. That would be great.
2: Mm -hmm. I don't know how likely that is to happen, but it would be fun.
3: That sounds funny. Yeah. That would be cool. Well, the biggest news I have is we got new chicks. We started with 18 and we're at 17 now, but so far the others are doing okay.
0: Good. That's good. Was it
3: predation or illness? Um, We think it was probably smothered. Okay. They, you know, they pile on each other to keep warm, and we think it just got smothered.
0: So predation, then.
3: Yeah. They we, they
0: hunted down and killed the weak one. No, no. <laughs> the vicious, vicious chicks. Well, I don't have anything exciting happening this week, but next week I'm going on a week-long hike on the Appalachian Trail with a buddy of mine. Fine. I'm very nice. excited about that. I will not be around next Monday, but I will be very, very happy, and probably at that point pretty tired. <laughs> I bet. If I'm still awake at nine thirty next Monday, I would be shocked. Mm-hmm. That'll be our third day on the trail. We'll have hiked almost thirty miles at that point. Yeah, I'll be I'll be pretty bliss. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeesh. But, <laughs> but it'll be good times. Oh yeah. yeah. Sounds like a blast. Always wanted to do that. Mom wanted to do that, but she never made it. The window of opportunity, you gotta seize it while you can. Mm-hmm. Her knees went before she seized it. So good
0: for you. There you you go. Yeah, my knees are still okay. Good enough, at least.
3: (laughs) Well, have fun. Oh, I will. Mm -hmm. We'll think about you when we podcast next. He's camping out.
0: Perhaps I'll download a copy of this on my, uh, because I'm missing, I haven't read like the last like four chapters of this at this point. I can download those to my iPhone and read them while I'm on the trail. There you go.
1: Nice.
3: Good idea. I haven't figured out how to get thick on my phone. I can get stuff from Audible or whatever the app is that I have for my books. Mm-hmm. But I haven't been able to get the fix on there yet. I need to figure that out. Well, maybe. Maybe I can get my Kindle on there. I don't know. I haven't played with it enough. Oh, but I did want to, Aaron, can I add you to the secret? Don't listen to this, Scott. Can I add you to the super secret group? And then if you have ideas, you can comment um, and just ignore us. Is that okay? Yeah, that's great. Okay. And, Scott, have you picked up dragons?
2: Plotting our adventures, are you? Yes. Mm -hmm. Have you
3: picked up the dragon bar yet?
2: The sequel, you mean?
3: Yes. No, I
2: haven't. Okay. I could.
3: I have to tell you that you were spot on in some of your questions, and I can't wait to talk to you after you've read it to see what you think.
2: Hmm. All right, then. I may have to do that.
3: Yes. (laughs) Just telling you, I could probably loan it to you through the Kindle. So we might touch base with that after the podcast. We'll see.
2: For Saturday, October 17th, 2015, this is episode 220 of Potterfic Weekly.
3: Very awesome fun. Very <laughs> awesome fun. That's us, man.
2: There's something going on. I'm not Microsoft. <laughs> I
3: wasn't
1: snoring, was I? How <laughs> am a sober
2: If I start snoring, let me know. Fred Never mind. I'm not head going
1: head there. Head I'm not going head. there. Oh, we're
2: just having adventures.
3: Yep. <laughs> adventures are good.
1: To
2: drop my traffic drops.
1: Stay
0: with ya. Hoo hoo hoo
3: hoo 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 How's that hoo go, hoo yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, so it hoo <laughs> hoo <laughs>
1: Same, same time, same, same channel.
3: It's all Snake. It's gonna be for Wow, wow, wow. Chris, I need to learn how to have a filter on
1: my mouth. Holy, Holy shit. shit! It's so fucking! Right. Yes, guys. They're there it's
2: to talk everything. about the sector. They're gonna worry about homework
1: later. Cute. <laughs>
2: I swear, yeah. I read them for the stories. <laughs> <laughs> Sex and snore eggs. Awkward. Oh, I'm so good at hot nightmares. <laughs> you
1: always <laughs> laugh before the end.
2: My heart faintly bleeds. Where the
1: story never
2: ends.
1: Okay.
3: Anyhow, we are going to say hello. This is Potterfic Weekly, the parent podcast of the Potterfic family of podcasts. I am Sue. I'm Scott. Scott. I'm Aaron. Cool. We don't even seem to have a lag today. We just have this wonderful echo in my head. (laughs) We are starting chapter 23 of The Accidental Animagus by White Squirrel and... The day's starting more quickly. Harry's got Quidditch practice. Oliver Wood is acquainting him with the team and drilling him. And we're going to, yes, go we're on doing
2: there. The, the time passes montage.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah. We were, we were talking about it last time and how, how kind of slowly it moves. And then suddenly that you blink and it goes from September 18th, whatever Hermione's birthday is to Halloween in the span of four paragraphs. So.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, Joe did that too, though. He oh, to have, You know, especially the for off, Halloween, because you yeah. know we start, we learn what the classes are going to be like, and who the annoying teachers are, and then we go to Halloween because that's when the next big thing happens.
3: <laughs> that's right. That's exactly it. And they're getting ready for a Gryffindor Slytherin confrontation with uh, Harry and Malfoy kind of in the thick of it, although they're not trying to be. Well, at least Harry's not. And, uh, Mm -hmm. we find out that the classes are stepping up their workload so that.
1: That (laughs) That's my alarm.
3: Sorry. (laughs) I'm like, okay,
1: now what is my system doing? (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Are you going to stepped
2: into Star Wars for a second there?
3: (laughs) So what's happening? I don't even know anymore.
2: It's Halloween's coming up and. In this case, Professor McGonagall has sort of noted that Harry might be a little bit distressed by that. hmm Because I guess she has hung around with them more due to him growing up as a cat and that sort of thing. So she feels closer to him, I suppose. Yes. And so she comes and talks to both of them. Well, she asks Harry and Hermione to stay after class and mentions that this is the 10th anniversary of Voldemort disappearing and people might get a little bit nuts on Halloween. Hogwarts in general doesn't. They try and keep it to traditional Halloween feast of some sort, but if he feels not up to it, she's perfectly happy to have them bring food to the dorms or whatever Mm -hmm. instead of going to the feast.
3: Yeah, and they explain how they usually celebrate Halloween at home, but mark that day the Sunday after. So Mm. they think they'll be okay at the feast.
2: Yeah, and And Dumbledore's thinking of doing a moment of silence for James and Lily.
1: mm -hmm. Well, yeah.
2: They're the ones who really did anything. And we also get to find out about Fluffy without the kids themselves having strange adventures, because he's just listening to what all the Seventh years are talking about.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because all the Seventh years know about Fluffy, the giant Cerberus.
2: Because Dumbledore said, don't
3: go to the third floor corridor unless you
2: want to die a painful death. And they're like, Mm hmm, "Hmm, what's in the third floor corridor?
3: (laughs) Yeah, it only takes an Alohomora to get in. Oh, there's a trapdoor in there. It's guarding something. And Harry and Hermione stare at each other. Yeah. So.
2: And they figure out that it's probably guarding whatever was stolen from Gringotts. Yes. Um, Even though they're not sure that that would actually make much sense.
3: And it doesn't make much sense, but. There's somebody pulling strings. Yes, that's how it works.
2: Mm-hmm. And Harry's figured out a way to find out some more things about it without necessarily going in there. He right. wants to go by and change into his cat form and see what he can smell. But they have to figure out a time when people aren't going to be there and a way so that nobody comes along and finds out that Harry Potter is an animagus.
3: Right. And they have to be able to do it in a way that the paintings, the portraits don't see it as well, because they're big gossips and tattletales, too.
2: Mm -hmm. Dumbledore's school spy network. (laughs) Mm
3: -hmm. Yeah, so they he talks her into going up to the corridor, and they find a little alcove that he can sneak into and change. And then she whispers that the coast is clear, and he goes down and sniffs around, and pretty soon she can hear somebody coming. And she's like, oh, no. So she she calls, Socks, come back. You can't go down there. Come on, Socks. Here, kitty, 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 kitty. <laughs> and he, yeah. he runs and jumps into her arms and hides his face so whoever comes can't see his scar markings on his face. And mm. it's Professor Sinistra. And she just thinks it's funny that Hermione's there calling the cat and just keeps on walking.
2: Yeah, And he's smelled some pretty strange stuff, apparently. Mm-hmm. He thinks, you know, there's been a couple of wizards and also a muggle. And he doesn't know how that can be possible. And Hermione works out that it's probably Filch being right. a squib, not a muggle as such. Just someone without magic.
1: Yeah.
3: And they see the rat wandering around. They go back to the common room to talk and they, they, it's quiet in there except for this fat gray rat that's wandering around. And I guess Hermione says, is that Ron's rat? And the rat looks up and freezes, and Harry says, yeah, I think so. And he takes off, because the rat has always been afraid of Harry. And Harry mm-hmm. knows there's something not right about the rat, but...
2: Yes. And we also find out that um, they've learned that Hagrid isn't human, mm-hmm. um, because he smelled like something big. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. So
2: they figure it must not be Flitwick, it's probably Hagrid.
3: And Dumbledore goes in there
2: hmm And the Cerberus itself is really big, yeah. so he doesn't want to go anywhere near it.
3: Yeah, well, he's a cat, and it's a big three-headed dog. I wouldn't want to go near it either.
2: Mm-hmm. And Hermione wants to report this to someone, that there's only a simple locking charm on the door, maybe we should tell Professor Quirrell, and Harry's, like, vetoing that because he doesn't mm-hmm. trust him. No. And they decide maybe what they'll do is tell the Grangers about it, and they can write the adults or something.
3: Mm-hmm. They're gonna tell mom and dad, at least.
2: And then we have a rainy, rainy Quidditch practice.
3: Ah, I just hit a button and everything went away. Oh dear! So much for my pick. Yeah, but the rain doesn't stop Quidditch. Like, we were supposed to go to a baseball game for Calvin this weekend, and it was a gorgeous morning, which was kind of nice because it's supposed to rain in the morning and then get nice during the day. And and we got a phone call yeah. fairly early saying that they'd canceled the two o'clock and the five o'clock game, and I said. Why? It's beautiful outside. Mom said, because the field's so wet, they can't play on it. So it's a good thing they fly in Quidditch, because otherwise the field would be too wet to play on.
1: Yeah, they don't have
2: to worry about that. It's just muddy when they fall off the rooms or anything. Yeah. And there's a bit of a confrontation with Theodore, because he's the local foil in this one. Right. Because Malfoy's a little more circumspect. And then we get a letter from Andromeda about the show that they're doing on the theater, which is apparently going to be quite interesting and to throw some purebloods in a tizzy. So they're all going to get their tickets and go see this.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Do we know yet what it's going to be? I can't remember.
2: I don't believe it was in up to Chapter 30. I remember reading this when I read it the first time, so I do know what comes up.
3: Okay, um, we can wait. No big deal. I
2: think we heard from Amanda Brocklehurst Mandy, mm-hmm. that it was going to be the fountain of fair fortune in no, an earlier it's chapter. The, it's the, or no, the, the hopping pot. It's the hopping right. pot. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, everybody at this point thinks that's a story about a pot that ate a bunch of muggles to protect a wizard and they're going, no, no, we're going back to the original. Right. But none of our characters know what the original is yet. They okay. haven't seen the script. So, Yeah,
3: So only Andy's seen the script so far. Mm-hmm. It'll be fun. And then. Harry wants to talk to Daphne, and so they're trying to get a hold of her, but they can't wait for her outside the classes. They can't go to mm-hmm. the Slytherin table. Slytherins tend to travel in groups if they wander around, so they haven't yeah. been able to do it.
2: Harry's not going to flying lessons anymore, because he's trying to go around and introduce himself to all the old pureblood heirs or
1: mm-hmm. people yeah. who
2: are connected to about seats. Right. But so- they eventually run into her in the library.
3: Yes, with her and Tracy Davis.
2: Who always seems to be with Daphne in Fix. Yes. I don't know if that's a canon thing at all, but it just that's the way it seems to work in Fanon. Those two are friends. Mm
3: -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. so he introduces himself, and he introduces Hermione, and she introduces Tracy, and they all shake hands. Mm -hmm. And Harry says, I was hoping we could talk for a bit, and Daphne sighs and says... You want to talk about the Medical Protection Act, right? And Harry he says, well, not exactly. More just about your grandfather's general positions in philosophy. My, my mm-hmm. proxy explained it to us, but I'd like to hear it from you. And she says, well, here's the thing, and I expect you not to go blabbing about it to like Rita Skeeter or anything, but
2: yeah. grandfather- he wants what's best for their family. Yep. And he doesn't want another war. And he thinks that if the Death Eaters get their way too much, then there will be another war.
3: Mm-hmm. If you hadn't killed or stopped you-know-who or however it happened, we would have been in big trouble because we were trying to maintain our, you know... Neutrality. Yeah, neutrality, and it was getting to the point that it was getting really hard. So we sort of... She doesn't say it, but they kind of owe him a debt.
2: Mm-hmm. And Hermione says, well, you just don't let the supremacists get enough political power to start a war. And they're going, well, they kind of already have most of it because mm-hmm. they've got all the money.
1: Right. Um, most It's of them just are that on the show.
2: ones who are real firebrands who go out and do most of the major things are in Azkaban. Mm-hmm. And even a lot of the moderates aren't really neutral. They just don't want war as such.
3: Right. And her grandfather has some influence, but not a ton of influence. So... Harry wants to know what her grandfather wants. And she says, he wants what's best for the House of Greengrass. We're about tradition, not blood. So, well, speaking as someone Muggle-raised, tradition would be that much more appealing to preserve if the Wizarding World seemed more inviting. And Tracy's like, and there it is! And she's just waiting. shes They've been talking about Harry. You can tell that they've kind of discussed this between the two of them. And they kind of knew he was going to come and say something and... This is him sort of overstepping the bounds that they have set.
1: And so Mm -hmm. she's
3: like, okay, let's go to dinner. And Harry's like, wait a minute, what's wrong? And Daphne shakes her finger. They don't
2: want him to, you can't go saying things about changing stuff too soon because the moderates are a lot about the status quo. Mm -hmm. And they figure that trying to be more welcoming to Muggleborns is just as likely to mess with their traditions as it is to support them. Right. And really, in order to get Lord Greengross's support on something, he's going to need to do him a favor of some sort. Yeah. Which is all the stuff that Harry finds boring, like brimstick monopolies and tax exemptions and things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, he's 11 and doesn't care about that.
3: <laughs> yeah. No, no, not really. So they're walking with them and they run into Not. And Knott says, do you have business here? Harry's like, we're just wrapping it up.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And so Daphne says, "I'll see you flying practice tomorrow, Hermione, or Miss Granger." And All right, thanks, Miss Greengrass, trying to pretend like they weren't talking about anything. And Nott's like, "All right, what are you playing at, Greengrass?" And she says, "It's called politics, Theo. You should try it sometime."
2: <laughs> yeah. And so she says, "Well, I was just telling him how things stand, basically. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they'll figure it out eventually." But it started her thinking because she's never really talked to anybody who's muggle-raised. And so even though it's kind of what they expected from him, to actually hear it from somebody is kind of worth considering a little bit anyway. Right.
3: And we move on to the next chapter.
2: Chapter 24 begins with Halloween morning and everybody's baking pumpkin pie.
3: (laughs) (laughs) And it smells so good. Mmm, pie. (laughs) Pumpkin pie. I just. should
2: make some sometime. I still have the can of pumpkin stuff in my pantry that I had for Thanksgiving two years ago and never actually did anything with.
3: Do you know what you could do with some of that, Scott, that would be really good, is make pumpkin pancakes, because I know you like your pancakes.
2: That is true.
3: You just add a little bit of the pumpkin to the batter and reduce your liquid a little bit since the pumpkin's got a little bit of liquid in it and it just gives it this great flavor.
2: Hmm. I may have to give that a try.
3: Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and there we have the cooking with Sue. <laughs>
0: got to have some like classical music playing in the background there. <laughs> like, you know, like with some, some violin or something. <laughs> something classy.
1: We have, uh, member,
3: with Sue. we have a member that's trying to, that wants to like do announcements or something. And so I said to him, I hope it was to the right person. I sent him a, a message and said, you know, we seem to be doing a lot of Cooking with Sue segments. So if you want to come up with a sound clip for Cooking with Sue, I'll put it in the podcast. And I haven't heard back from him, so I don't know if we're gonna get it or not. <laughs> but I come. Oh, well. so.
2: so Harry and Hermione aren't really sure what to think about Halloween because you know it's an awkward time for them. But it's a pretty good day because they get to learn levitation charms, and and they're doing pretty well with that wand, mostly. So they figure they'll do well with the wand. And it turns out that they do well in some senses, but their control is a little bit shot. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> Their feathers reach for the ceiling while everyone else is trying to get them to float.
3: We get Hermione's line, but she's giving it to Harry and or no, is it Ron? It is still Ron. Okay. Yep. Ron's when Guardian levio sighing and he almost hits Hermione's arm because he's flailing around so hard. So she says, Hey, watch out and then she gives him the line and he's like, Ah, go on, see if you can do better than your brother. And hers
2: works for a little bit.
3: Yeah, it a hovers of
2: smoothly for a couple seconds
0: and then goes whoosh, up to the ceiling again.
3: Yeah, <laughs> and the shafts oh, the said, ceiling. <laughs> said those damn harmless magic skills interfering again.
1: <sighs> mm-hmm.
3: Such a bad thing. And then, of course, Seamus blows up the feather.
1: BANG! Yes.
2: <laughs> Still that from the movies. <laughs> mm-hmm. Although I don't remember. He might have set it on fire books as well i don't think it exploded as such
0: no i don't think it it certainly did not become the running gag that it did in the movies no
2: (laughs) yeah
3: he blows up everything in the movies
2: but because of how they've grown up here when ron is kind of being cranky at the end of class neville sticks up for her as well Mm -hmm. it's not just that she's mental i mean you got to do the spell right look what happened to (laughs) seamus
3: yeah and we find out that Justin singed his hair in his class. So he's mm. uh, had to have this funky haircut because he set his hair on fire. <laughs>
2: Whoops. Oh, dear. And, yeah, Sally Ann Perks is like, well, hope they never pair him with Seamus.
3: Yeah, we might blow the whole school down. Explosions. Yeah, I totally have Neville in the last movie in my brain. You want us to <laughs> blow it up? Like, boom? <laughs> boom Mr. Longbottom boom
0: (laughs) (laughs) let's just take a second and recognize the great Maggie Smith for her wonderful wonderful work in that movie did she have all the best lines or was it just me
3: oh she had all the best lines she had a
0: lot of them definitely
3: let me get this strip, professor
1: you actually gave us permission to do this that is correct Longbottom to blow it up boom Boom. wicked how on earth are we going
0: to do that why don't you confer with Mr. Finnegan? As I recall, he has a particular proclivity for pyrotechnics. I can bring it down. That's the spirit. Where you going? And the most badass fight scene? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm.
3: And I just love her when she, you know, I've always wanted to do that spell.
1: Pierre totem Locomoto. How good,
3: the boundaries protect us do your duty to our school
1: i've always wanted to use that spell
2: I finally get to turn on the suits of armor. Yay!
1: Yay!
0: Mm-hmm. I can just imagine a little one-shot of all the times she's almost gotten to cast that spell. <laughs> or, like, like the first time she finds out about the spell, she's like, oh, man, this one sounds awesome. And then, like, five years later, she's like, all right, Piratotum. No, no, never mind. The defense professor's been put down. All Oh, well, oh, damn it. It's like five <laughs> different times. And then finally, she gets to cast the spell. She's like, Yos! Yes! Yes! Yeah.
2: I can imagine there being like a, an orientation package for the deputy um, headmistress, headmistress or headmaster, and here are the extra spells that you get to
0: learn about the school. Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> I want to do that one and that one and ooh, that one looks really nice. <laughs>
1: yeah, and you know
0: yeah. you know
3: where they get those extra spells and things from, right? From hat. Where is that? From, the, from the hat drops yeah. them on their head. <laughs> He tells them all about it, drops the scroll. Now watch out for those swords, man, because when they fall on your head it hurts.
2: Yeah. Poor hat. I wanna see a fake like that. I don't know if there have been one. I imagine there must have been at some point after book two where like the other founders all had cutlery in the hat or something.
0: <laughs> yeah. Puffle puff spork.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess she did end up with a goblet. <laughs>
3: It could be fun. Speaking of Maggie, Aaron, I don't know if you've ever seen this, but Mom and I went and saw the second best Marigold Hotel movie.
0: I've not seen it, but I'm aware.
3: Yeah, it was fun. And she's pretty good in it. The opening scene is her in a convertible in like L.A. traffic. And he's like driving like a maniac. And she's just like screaming and going. And they stop and she's like, thank God I'm still alive. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> it's great fun. It's an oh, nice
3: thing to like,
2: watch her in, because in this group of people, she's the depressed, snarky one. So
1: mm-hmm.
2: it's like McGonagall playing Snape, almost. <laughs> 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 Go on.
3: Oh, she's so good. I just, all right, we need to get back on course. <laughs> We're way off course. So, let's see. Harry wants to know how Ron's doing in flying lessons, because he was being snotty earlier. And -hmm. And he's not
2: there to watch out for Hermione now. But he seems to be doing okay. He's just sort of leaving her alone. Yeah. And she's been avoiding the Slytherins. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Generally, uh, a good thing for the young Gryffindors in these stories. Mm -hmm. Just avoid the (laughs) Slytherins. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And Ron doesn't say anything awkward to them on this occasion because he's getting in there to get the feast. So, you know.
1: Yeah. Gotta have priorities.
0: I like how you said that, Scott, because you had to be specific that it was on this occasion, implying that on all other occasions he says something, you know, appropriate and, <laughs> and slightly mean. Well,
2: just that morning he'd been kind of a snot yeah. about the whole levitation thing, but he's gotten past that now because it's time for food. <laughs> yeah.
3: And we run into Draco, who's, you know, I'm for one glad they've kept the traditional feast. Father says the modern post-war celebrations are completely inappropriate. Don't you think, Mr. Potter? Because, of course, the celebrations are all in honor of Mr. It's Potter. Harry
2: Potter Day. Yeah. <laughs>
3: and Harry says, yes, actually. For once, we agree on something, Mr. Malfoy. <laughs>
2: Malfoy's like, uh, what? He's a little taken aback. Mm-hmm. But Not of course has to jump in and needle a little of more. Of course he does. But Harry and Hermione just sort of hold Ron back and don't let him start anything with the Slytherins who are being needly and nasty. Yeah. They're they're always <laughs> They're trying to start something and Ron is the perfect target for that kind of thing, but Harry and Hermione managed to steer him away.
3: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Ron is the hot headed one. Yeah. That's his particular role. Yeah. Yeah. He eats stuff, and he says things he shouldn't. Yeah, that sounds about right. Poor Ron. I like Malfoy. We all know potters are muggle lovers. Harry says, you know, you sound like you're trying to be insulting, but you're not doing a very good job, considering that I was, you know, raised by muggles, and I love my family very, very, very much.
2: So then we get Dumbledore's little opening speech, and they have a minute of silence for James and Lily. And the Slytherins kind of mutter about that a little bit, but not too much. And then we have Feast, and it's pretty good. And uh, Ron gets to start telling some stories about wizard celebrations and things. <laughs> Ginny apparently always wants to read Harry Potter on the Orient Express,
1: <laughs>
2: which I guess was the first book in the Harry Potter series.
3: Apparently, Yeah. And then a scrawny brown tabby cat bolts through the doors, screeching like a demon, and...
2: There's a monster in the lower levels.
3: <laughs> Minerva and Harry both understand him. And basically, you know, here comes Filch. Troll in the dungeon! There's a troll in the dungeon! And we get Dumbledore, silence! Do not panic! Silence!
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. And so, because Filch merely tripped rather than theatrically passing out, he can tell them exactly where the troll is in the dungeon, yes. which is helpful.
3: And so they take the kids back to their common rooms.
2: And they notice, on their way up to the third floor, Hermione notices Snape on the staircase that goes up to the Forbidden Corridor. Right. And Harry's kind of thinking maybe he should follow him, but she talks him out of it because, you know, Percy's pay too much attention, and he'd catch him. So. Right.
3: Mm-hmm. Percy would, too. That damned Percy. <laughs> he knows, knows where he doesn't belong. Always, always. But Ron... He's only
2: trying to do his job.
3: Our Mr. Oblivious figured out that Harry understood Mrs. Norris. Yeah. And, and
2: they sort of tell him that he learned bits of it from Professor McGonagall.
3: Because
2: mm-hmm. he has the knack. Yes, he has an
3: ear for it or something. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And Hermione's like, yes, he just has to have these weird talents. Sounded like a bunch of screeching to me. And Ron's like, wow, that's strange. And Harry's like, ah, it's no big deal. I just learned for fun.
1: Ron's like, oh, yeah, Yeah. that's Harry
2: Potter.
0: He's weird. (laughs) But
3: then (laughs) we have... I
0: wonder if I can get some more food.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I haven't had third yet. No. Or is it fourth? I can't remember. We're on this track,
2: Ron. Very. Ron would feel very at home with Hobbits, I think. Mm -hmm. The next morning, Harry goes to check out the corridor because he said he was going to do that and see what was going on. And he smells blood. So there were two men in their 30s that came, and at least one of them is now bleeding. Yeah, I think the dog... They figure it's got to be Snape and Quirrell, but they disagree on which one of them is the bad guy.
3: Yeah. Hermione's sure it's Snape, and Harry's sure it's Quirrell. Because
2: it's always the defense professor. That's just how it
3: works. Yeah. And Harry wants to follow them around. And she says, well, you can't follow them in cat form because you have this very distinct white lightning bolt on your head, and they're going to know it's you. Mm -hmm. Mm
2: -hmm. Because he has no idea which one of them is which scent at the moment. Yeah.
3: (laughs) So Hermione says, well, one of us could brush up against Snape's robes, and then we could smell like him. (laughs) Ground. Right? It's like,
2: yeah, no. <laughs> one, gross. Two, detention.
3: Yeah. yeah. Like, that
0: one sounds like a bad idea, Harry. Let's, let's not do that one. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. That's one of the good things about this spec is that
0: he has someone he'll
2: actually listen to when they tell him it's a bad idea.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And yeah. also, he can get Hermione to calm down and not try and memorize an entire textbook and things like yeah. that.
3: Yeah, he helps her out when she gets crazy over on study schedules and things like that, which is Uh, good. They complement each other well.
2: Mm -hmm. But apparently, the other thing that happened is that Marcus Flint was dared to go up and check out the forbidden corridor. Mm -hmm.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Hermione says, oh no, he didn't do it, did he? Of course he did! (laughs) Flint barely got out alive! There's a giant three-headed dog up there! And then he notices them and he's like, what? You already knew that? How did you know that? (laughs) And
1: he's like,
2: what? uh, All the seventh years are talking about it.
3: Yeah, don't you pay attention, Ron? And Ron's like, ah, nobody ever tells me this stuff.
2: Because we're not supposed to know about it. Mm -hmm. But he decides that, you know, Ron's a pretty good guy. And he's going to invite him down to Hagrid's that afternoon, along with Neville and Hermione. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Because they're going to commemorate the end of the war a little bit.
1: Yeah.
3: Hermione's not sure why he wants to invite Ron, but since it's really his day, she's going to go along with it. So they invite him. Yeah.
2: Harry kind of wants to wake him up about what Halloween is all about
1: mm-hmm. for him and things like that. Yeah.
2: So they head down to Hagrid's. It's, it's kind of the best they can do. Hermione says probably Professor Dumbledore would let them flew home, but it might not be appropriate to ask for that because it would be special treatment.
3: Right. Yeah. And the two of them go up on the balcony for a while and just sit and be quiet and just kind of contemplate things together before they join up with Neville and Ron and go down to Hagrid's. Mm
2: -hmm. And Fang leaps on Ron because the rest of them realize that he leaps on anyone who opens the door.
3: (laughs) (laughs) So they've got out of the way. And Ron's like, hey, how come you didn't tell me about him? And they're like, whoops, sorry, we forgot. (laughs) Yeah.
0: They, they forgot with air quotes.
3: Mm-hmm. Exactly.
2: I don't think it was on purpose. No. Harry doesn't get not. along with, as well with Fang in this universe because, you know, he's a cat.
1: So right. And big he kind dogs. of
2: tries to keep out of his way, mostly.
1: Yeah.
3: And so we find out, in this one, we find out about Neville's parents from Neville, mm-hmm. actually. You know, Grant always takes me to visit my parents on the 1st of November and birthdays and holidays and stuff your parents? And he says, well, they're in St. Or He looks at Hermione and Hermione says, they're in St. Mungo's. Yes, because
2: Harry and Hermione have hung around with Neville as they were growing up, so they learned about this already.
1: Mm -hmm.
3: And thick-headed Ron figures it out. Wow, I guess this has got to be hard for you. You didn't really have to invite me. And Harry says, well, you're our friend and we wanted to. We like to have our friends around with us on this day. And we Mm -hmm. came out to see Hagrid, because Hagrid worked with both our parents in the war.
2: And he also worked with Gideon and Fabian, so Ron gets to hear some stories about them.
3: Mm-hmm. They were great boys. I know your brothers Fred and George were named after them, but they really acted more like Bill and Charlie. <laughs> Fought like mm-hmm. true lions.
2: Yeah. So they tell stories about all their families. And mm-hmm. Harry tells them about Gondrick Hollow and going to have tea with Basilda Bagshot and Apparently, Neville's granddad courted his grandmother by putting a fanged gerbil in her handbag.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: And his Very, uh, dad uh, bought effective. her a fanged gerbil and pretended it was a regular gerbil.
3: <laughs> I talked about this in school the other day, and I'm sure I've talked about it on the podcast, that my grandparents, who were married for over 50 years, my grandfather met my grandmother because he was throwing rocks at her because he thought she was kind of cute. So... That just As boys important. have done
0: since the beginning of time, yes. threw rocks at her.
3: <laughs> or put fang gerbils in their handbags.
0: That's right. That's right. Or punch them in the arm or, I don't know, Yeah, other disgusting boy things because we're all stupid.
3: Because you're boys. You that's you right. I
2: don't know what any of these hormone-feeling things mean. <laughs>
0: <laughs> because it's, it's our emotional range of a teaspoon.
3: Yeah, that's true. It's because the, like the fanged
2: gerbil in his parents' generation just sort of got passed around the dorms a lot because no one wanted to keep it once they realized it was fanged.
1: Mm-hmm. And,
2: and eventually, James Potter got a hold of it and left it in Snape's hat.
3: Oh, that was nice. Poor. And that was the last anyone saw of the fanged gerbil. Poor gerbil.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, imagine how greasy it would have been.
1: Yeah. Poor gerbil. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Hey Hagrid, speaking of animals, we thought we saw um somebody trying to get past that three headed dog on Halloween. Do you know anything about that? And Hagrid's like, How do you know about Fluffy? (laughs) 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 Fluffy.
2: And they tell him that all the upper years have been trying to get in there. Mm -hmm. Why would they do that? Don't they know it's dangerous? It's like they're teenage boys. Yeah. And it's forbidden and no one told them why.
3: (laughs) So they're all going to try to get in there. So Maybe you guys should change the locking charm on there to something a little bit more difficult.
1: Mm-hmm. You know,
3: well, I have and there's to be a bit able of to get reasoning the in theater. here,
2: yeah, which actually makes sense for why it would be something you can just open with an lohomora mm-hmm. Yeah. because uh, Hagrid has to come.
1: It's
0: yet another instance of the author looking at some strange details and coming up with a good reason for them. You know, the beyond, obviously just, that's why it was, which is the canon reasoning for so many things. He does it quite a bit in this story. It feels like every time we turn around, he's explaining some minor part of the original canon in a new and interesting light. And mm-hmm. this one's just as good as the other ones too. Very good insight, I think.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah.
3: You know, they could have solved this whole problem if they'd maybe used a key. We know they had a whole bunch of keys down there for the, what, second or third thing that, that they go through. That is true. So they could have had a key that just Hagrid had, and that would have solved a lot of problems. But no, no. We mm, like Olofomora. Well,
2: they wanted to lure Voldemort in there anyway so he could trap him in the mirror room.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so Hagrid lets slip about Nicholas Femel too.
1: Shouldn't have said that.
2: And he also tells them to... Tell Susan to come down and see him because, you know, he knew her uncle Edgar. Mm-hmm. But as they're walking back, Ron wants to know who they saw trying to break into the Forbidden Corridor. And Harry tries to say, oh, we're not sure. And Hermione's like, yeah, we're sure it's Snape. And <laughs> Harry's like, no, we're not. <laughs> yes, we
3: are. <laughs> I think it was Quirrell. I think Snape was trying to stop him. And Ron and Neville look confused. And mm-hmm. uh, Hermione says, well, we know they both went down there. And did you see that Snape never stood up in class on Friday? We think he got bitten. And so Ron's like, oh, I'm sure he was up to no good.
2: Yeah, And yeah. Neville, you know, Snape's pretty nasty. And Harry says, yeah, but he's been here for years. So. And yeah. but so is Hermione Quirrell. says, you're just hung up on the defense professor curse. And Ron says, well, that, that is real. My family talks about it all the time. But
1: mm-hmm.
2: Quirrell's probably just going to get sacked for Hexing Malfoy. <laughs>
3: yeah. So then they talk about Nicholas Flamel and try to figure out if they knew who he is and Hermione says, I've heard it, it's familiar, but I can't remember.
2: You do not think of the Chocolate Frog card. Nope. And or the light reading, whatever that tome was that she had.
3: <laughs> oh, that light reading. It's always something. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So into Chapter 25, we have some more quitted stuff. And there are some illicit bets changing hands on the Gryffindor-Slytherin match.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, normally the Weasley trends are all over that, but since they're on the team, they're allowing somebody it's, else to take care of it.
0: Yeah, it's a little bit of a conflict of interest there, you know. <laughs>
3: Just a tad. Mm-hmm. And Oliver Wood's going over the edge, giving Harry flyers all the time, and insisting he'd be escorted everywhere so that the Slytherins couldn't knock him out of the match, which is probably a smart thing because, yeah, they're out. And
2: there's a confrontation with Malfoy and Nott as is starting to become usual. hmm But Harry knows a little bit more about how things run in this universe, and so he comes out with a little speech about Nott's great-grandfather and the sacred 28 pure-blood families mm-hmm. and how pretty much all of them are dying out except the ones that are burying into Muggle lineage.
1: <laughs> right. What do you and mean, it's, it's done- mostly
2: been pure-blood on pure-blood violence that's been killing them off. Mm-hmm. So.
3: And when he finishes this little speech, because he he gets a little worked up, and when he finishes it, he's like, oh, crap, I could have just really blown things because they could challenge me to a duel, even though I included my own family in what I said. And not probably would have, but he defers to Draco, and Draco's just a little bit smarter than that.
2: Yeah, they're going to take it to the pitch.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: Because Draco's sure he's going to win because Harry's never really flown before and Draco knows what he's doing. We'll see what happens. And the next day is the big day. And Harry wakes up early and he's very nervous about the match. And, you know, it's his first time flying in public and everybody's going to be looking at him and everything. And he's like, ah.
2: And Ron is trying really hard to turn Scabbers red. But it's not working.
3: (laughs) It is not working. Fred and George turned him green when Percy was 10. Of course, they might have used dye or something. And Hermione tries, you know, looks at the spell and she says, no, that should really work. Not a fake one this time. Yeah. And then he sees Harry and takes off because he's afraid of Harry. And Ron's like, I just don't understand that. Usually he likes people, but whatever.
1: Mm -hmm. Because he's a cat.
3: Yeah. And Harry's being a little nostalgic because it was six years ago on that day that he first showed up on their porch. Mm. And she said, how could I forget? That was the weirdest day of my life. Mm-hmm. And he says, "Well, it was the best day of mine. Thank you for everything, sis." Aww. Mm.
1: No. Yeah.
3: I'm so glad <laughs> we don't have Trisha here to go ah puke. I'm sure we could
2: double it if we really I'm wanted sure
1: to. We probably could. <laughs> <laughs> Aww. Puke.
2: So he has a bit of a conversation with Angelina about how things are going. He wants to know if she's scared at all, because all the Slytherins are on Nimbus 2000s, because. Malfoy got on team one year early, and the Nimbus 2000 is the best broom.
1: Mm-hmm. So, yeah,
2: and <laughs> you know, yes, sure, the Chasers are on Nimbus 2000s, and that's going to make them harder to catch. But the Keepers on a Nimbus 2002 because they just bought the same broom for everybody, and that's really not a Keeper's broom. Mm-hmm. So,
3: and they're not going to get much past Wood because he's really good. You just show up that little blonde Ponce. <laughs> She says, okay, I can do that. Yes, ma'am.
1: In fact, I will try.
2: And they have their little handshake at the beginning. Yeah. May the best seeker win. Don't worry, I will.
3: (laughs) (laughs) And they face off and out they go. I want a nice fair game from all of you. Mount your blue rooms, please. Off they go. Commentary from Lee. Yeah. Who's getting in trouble with McGonagall right away? Mm-hmm. Spin it passes to Katie Bell. No, intercepted by Marcus Flint. Oh, Slytherin. Flint races down the pitch. Damn, those Nimbus 2000s are fast. Oh, sorry, Professor. No. And Wood but saves Wood it. Wood saves
2: it. And, oh, Katie drops the quaffle. And so one of the Slytherins has it, and he manages to score. Mm-hmm. But then the Gryffiners get it back. So they go back and forth for a while and Harry decides to give Malfoy a little bit of something to do and starts spinning a little bit faster and swoops right under Malfoy to make him think that he's seen the snitch.
3: Right, but then he starts having trouble with his broom. It's not The breaking terms aren't working, and he doesn't have a lot of control and stuff like that, so he's wondering what's going on. And, of course, Malfoy's like, Hey, what's the matter, Potter? Can't handle your broom? And Harry doesn't say anything, but he is having trouble
2: Mm hmm And it's weird, because he's ridden it all the time in practice, and it's been fine, but Mm -hmm. something's going on, because he keeps turning the wrong way or things like that.
3: And Hermione says, something's wrong. He doesn't fly like that. Can something have happened? And Hagrid says, no, it's brand new. The only thing that can interfere with the top model broom is powerful dark magic. So he immediately
2: uh... starts looking at the pictures.
3: Yeah. Which is real smart, because where else would it come from? Right. The kids aren't strong enough to do it. So it's got to be. And we have Flint grabbing the beater's club and hitting people that he's not supposed to. And, yeah, we get a timeout and a penalty shot for Gryffindor. And Harry goes down and says, hey, there's something wrong with my broom. And Wood says, try rebooting it. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Have you tried turning it on and off again?
3: (laughs) Yeah, like restarting a, a, a computer. What? So he tries it, and it works for a few minutes, but it doesn't work for very long.
2: Because mm-hmm. it probably managed to take off whatever was on it at the time, but Quirrell's still doing his thing, so. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, and Hermione sees Snape, and she's like, I knew it, I knew it! Snape, is jinxing Harry's broom. And Hagrid's like, Snape would never do that. But she runs down there, mm-hmm. and...
2: And this time, a bludger hits Flint, and throws him into the teacher's box, and he crashes into Quirrell.
3: Right, and she doesn't do the blue flame fire; she just sends wind that makes Snape's hair go into his face. But because Quirrell's been knocked out, Harry has control of his broom again, even though she thinks it's Snape that she's done. Mm-hmm. And so, Katie of course, gets he catches the broom and starts to fall, and Harry catches her just barely. Doing, of course, the Seraphini snatch that he did on the jungle gym all those years ago.
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
3: Callback! Yep.
1: That's
2: always nice. And then he does spot the snitch and manages to grab it.
3: Yeah, so they're neck and neck, and they've got equally matched brooms. So Harry lays down on his broom so that he cuts down on wind resistance, and that gives him just enough of a surge ahead to get past Malfoy. Mm -hmm. And
2: And the Weasley twins apparently invent Potter is our king. Yes. (laughs) So who knew? And they start throwing in some uh, lines about girls in there, too, and Harry's kind of embarrassed. but... Mm
3: -hmm. But Angelina doesn't seem to mind, so he figures it's okay. But Malfoy just says, ah, it's beginner's luck.
2: Yeah. Although Harry does go and shake his hand anyway.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Or no, he he tries to, but Malfoy doesn't take him on it.
3: No. Harry's a good okay.
0: sport. In an alternate universe, though, Malfoy does shake Harry's hand, and then he later becomes a Gryffindor and they're best friends. <laughs> i <I'm> just gonna- <laughs> I think that's, All because uh, they shook hands. Uh, mm. This sounds like a
3: great title for a fix. So I don't far know, as I know, it. they I don't they do of like the a-
2: resorting <laughs> thing. But.
3: I'm sorry, Scott. I talked all over you.
2: No worries. I said, so far as I know, they still don't do the resorting thing. So You'd probably have to stay in Slytherin. But you never know, I guess.
3: They're not like us. You can't change houses in the real castle. But you can change houses if you have a really good reason to in our castle. Not that anybody's there to change houses with video, but come, join the forum, add more people. It would be so much fun. Mm -hmm. Yes, We do have a a few hardcore newbies that are having a good time, so that's good. Good.
2: There's a lot of questions only going on right now. (laughs) Yeah. Most of which is not actually questions only, but oh well, we're letting them go.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I should check in on that again. I check in every once in a while and then wander away. But we're on to Chapter 26, and we're having a party in the common room, and mm-hmm. it's sort of winding down in the afternoon, but they're going to pick it up again in the evening with some contraband fire whiskey, if the rumors are true. hmm I don't think so. Yeah.
2: And Hermione wants to tell him about having stopped Snape from jinxing the broom, and Harry still doesn't believe that no. he was really doing that.
3: And she's like, it had to have been him. Hagrid says that that's the only thing that could have caused it. And he's like, well, maybe you missed somebody else, something else.
1: Yeah.
2: So they have a a bit of a fight over Snape versus Squirrel. Yeah. Apropos of nothing whatsoever, apparently tomorrow is free cone day at Ben and Jerry's.
3: Whoa.
0: Free ice cream.
3: I'd have to go all the way into Portland for that, though. That's a long ways for free ice cream.
0: Yeah. I don't know if we even have any up here for that to work. I didn't even know they had, they had, they had special, like, actual stores. They just had, you know, stuff in the, no, in, in the grocery stores. No, they
3: special ice cream shops. They're really cool. We have one down on Hawthorne Street, which is a really neat street in Portland that has all kinds of really funky shops and stuff on it. Mm. I went to Hawthorne Street with Ably from the forums and probably mm. Racif. Mm. I think Racif was with this as well. That's cool. Yeah. But we went to the yogurt shop instead of Ben and Jerry's. I'm not quite sure why, but that's where we ended up. For for trivia.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, apparently there's no option for that here. I tried to put Canada in their find a place thing, and it's giving me options in Texas instead.
3: (laughs) (laughs) It's
0: like, Canada, what's that?
3: (laughs) And I thought Portland was a long way to go.
1: Yeah.
0: That is, that would be quite a haul going to Texas for some Ben and Jerry's
3: I
2: think that would Yeah, be I don't think I'm gonna worry about doing that tomorrow. Just they kinda of missed me at work, I think.
3: Far yeah. for all of us Yeah to go to Texas for Ben and Jerry's.
2: Yeah. Of course tomorrow when you're listening to this is nowhere close to free ice cream day at Ben and Jerry's, unless of course you're listening to it a year after we recorded the thing. But there was some interesting Povo trivia in there, so we left it in. Anyway. We're
1: waiting on course.
3: Harry and Hermione are fighting a bit. He's sitting on the opposite side of the common room with his book, but he's not really reading it. He's trying to figure out how this day had gone so wrong. He'd won mm. the Quidditch match against Malfoy. Everything should have been perfect. But then his broom went nuts, and it all went downhill from there. Yeah,
2: I, mean, I was fighting with Hermione, and it's
1: just not fun. No.
3: So Harry goes back up to the clock tower and he turns into a cat and he lays down because as a cat, his feelings aren't nearly as he's not so emotional and he can kind of think things through better as a cat.
0: So. Yeah,
2: so he decides to go and try and patch things up with Hermione. I'm trying
0: to remember what, what fic... I mean, obviously, there's, we learned from Sirius that your emotions are different as a, uh, when you're in your Animagus form.
1: I'm
0: mm-hmm. um, trying to think. There was a, there was one where Harry was depressed about something. He was an Animagus. I think it might have been... Oh God, I can't remember. It was, been, uh, uh, was it the refiner's fire?
1: Maybe. It was like Could 26 be.
0: different... I swear he was. Like, I think he turned into a phoenix, and he was like stayed in phoenix form for like a long time because he was depressed about I don't know something or other. And it's uh, oh wait, I remember was it? I think that might have been it still. But anyway, um, I like that there's more to just instead of just taking the form, the author actually does use that aspect of the animega transformation that does change your mind as well as your body.
3: Mm-hmm. And like you said, we learned that from Sirius because he's able to do better in Azkaban as a dog because the Dementors aren't nearly as powerful on his doggy brain. Uh-huh. So, yeah. And as you said before, this author is very good at finding these little nuances and bits of the fic and just really kind of expanding on them. And that's what makes this such a great story. So, yeah,
2: we And this is when we figure stuff out about Scabbers.
3: Yeah. Harry's halfway to the Gryffindor Tower, and he remembers to change back into his human form. And he gets to the common room, and he says, Hermione, I need to talk to you. She's like, oh, you're talking to me now. He said, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have yelled at you, but I need your help. She says, get one of your other friends to help. I can't, it's about you-know-what. (laughs) And She says, if you want to go check that door again, do it yourself. And he's like, no, it's about my room, I need to check my room. And she's like, what? He says, Scabbers. Fred and George turned Scabbers green when Percy was 10. Percy's 15 now. That means he's really old.
2: Mm-hmm. They don't the rat's live, that, live long. that long. So he's decided maybe the color changing charm didn't work because he doesn't have mages.
3: We just lost Aaron. I wondered. He's gone completely offline, it looks like. Anyhow, the rat, if he was really five years old, would be really, really old. And she says, well, maybe it's a magical rat. Yeah, but Ron's animal color change charm didn't work on him. What if he's an animagus? And she's like, will you cut out your conspiracy theories? The odds against that are astronomical. Probably Ron's just not good at charms. But Harry's convinced. And he says, I know my rodents. (laughs) You know how I got my feline sixth sense? Well, even in human form, it's telling me something's wrong. And you got to go up and distract whoever's in there, and I'm going to go sniff around for scabbers. And so (laughs) she goes up, and nobody's there but Ron, and Ron's asleep. So Harry's like, cool, Ron's sleeping. You can't wake him up. I can get in here and take care of this. But he forgets to tell Hermione this little point. So she wakes (laughs) Ron up. Oops.
2: Mm -hmm. And then she has to kind of come up with some story about why she's there.
3: Yeah. Harry's like, so much for the plan. And so she says, Harry needs you downstairs. Come downstairs. And Ron's like, can't he come upstairs? Uh, Fred and Jordan have him pinned down. Could, could you just come on?
2: Mm-hmm. But- Except Scabbers isn't asleep. No. And he just wakes up and bolts. Yeah. And Harry just chases him. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah,
3: and he's squeaking and running, and Harry the cat takes off after him, and Ron freaks out because, no, Scammers, that cat's going after Scabbers! And Hermione tries to stop Ron, and she's yelling at Socks to stop it. Get away from him, you mangy cat! But Harry knows that if he lets Peter get away, they'll never see him. And mm-hmm. so he's got to catch him. And, and
2: so he bites him so that he's shocked and passes out.
3: Yeah. He heads down the hallway carrying the rat. And <laughs> he's Ron greeting tries the rat to, to get him and, and uh Yeah, he's going to take it to McGonagall. That'll be fun. But Ron tries to stop him, and Hermione trips him. He's just got to hustle. And then he goes down the stairs a few, and nobody's coming upstairs, so he drops the rat, and he untransforms, and, and Ron's Ron is standing there. right behind him. <laughs> Yeah. You killed Scabbers! He's not dead. Ron, be quiet! Oh, Merle, Harry, how could you? Ron! He's not
2: dead. He's not dead. He's not dead.
3: He's not dead. Just don't tell anybody about this. It's a secret. So they...
2: Why did you wake him up? up? I was going to distract him. He was asleep. He was distracted already. But she figured he would wake her up and then that would be a problem. But anyway. So they tell Ron. Scabbers is an animagus. We found him. I can smell him. He's an overweight man in his 30s who's been hiding out as a rat. And Ron is like, he been sleeping in my bed.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, you know, rats don't live that long. It's like 250 years in rat years.
2: Ten-year-old rat is very unusual. Yeah. And so they ask Ron to cast jelly legs on him because they probably wouldn't do it quite right for a rat. Yeah, and, they don't uh, want
3: to break his legs. <laughs> like, they've, they've been legs overpowering deterrent. everything. So they run through the wall, the, the walls, the halls, and they bang on, uh-oh.
2: Now I'm getting you on an echo.
3: Yeah, I'm getting it too. Mm. Aaron, are you back? Yeah, back, sorry. Okay.
0: Am I echoing you guys?
3: Well, a little you bit. You were a
2: minute ago, but, but it seems to have gone I, away I again. don't
3: hear it anymore. Sorry. I happen to be looking at it when it dropped you, and I'm like, uh, wait a minute. <laughs> Where'd Aaron go?
0: Yeah, my internet is completely cut out. I'm going to call Bright House and get a better modem, maybe, because it's happened several times in the last few weeks. Mm It's really irritating.
2: I remember those days on podcasts.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Scott, I don't think you've ever been dropped from a call before, though, right? Like, that happened, you said never, never, right? No, No, of course not. That never happens to us. (laughs)
3: Never, Never. ever. (laughs) Poor Scott. I haven't Um, been
0: in
2: this season, so, you know. That's
3: good. Knock on wood.
2: There you
0: go. <laughs> was it knock on a microphone.
3: <laughs> I actually knocked on wood because I have a little wooden game board that I put ah. my computer on when I podcast next to my bed so that the computer doesn't get too hot being in all the covers and stuff. Very handy. Yeah. We have gotten as far as, and this totally reminds me of, we have Scott all the time going, okay, what I miss? <laughs>
2: <laughs> that was in our intro for a while. It may still be. I don't remember.
3: So we've explained to Ron what's happened, and that he was sleeping with this old man in his bed, and now Ron is pretty freaked out, and they're on their way to McGonagall's to let her know what's going on, too. She
2: says, Mr. Potter, what's the matter? Could be any number of bizarre things with Harry Potter, mm-hmm. and that's not what she was expecting, still.
3: So. Yeah. <laughs> Ron's pet rat is an animagus. I could smell it on him. And Ron's like, he he turned into a cat. <laughs> She's like, get inside quickly. <laughs> Harry James Potter, you told him it was an accident. Harry wasn't thinking. Well, Hermione messed up the plan. I did not. You messed up the plan twice. <laughs> yeah, you can tell their siblings. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But they say, hey, can we do this later? Because I'm afraid he's going to wake up. And we need you to turn into a cat and sniff him so that you can tell he's an Animagus, too. And she says, um...
2: I don't have to do that. There's a spell for that. There's
3: a spell for that. And then she says, Merlin's beard, you're right. Yep. <laughs> and Hermione and Ron are like, he is?
0: <laughs> this is exclaims things a lot more frequently than mm-hmm. movie McComical, I feel
3: like. Yeah. mm mm-hmm. yeah. Then, There's you know, a monster in the, in the the downstairs. <laughs> yeah. But then we have the classic line. You mean a grown man's been sleeping in my bed for three months? I'm afraid so. Well, Ron, thinks, it's
2: better than three years. Oh, yes, no, right. the
3: paperwork. <laughs> <laughs> Not the paperwork. So she calls Flitwick and asks him to come in. So he's going to guard him. And she Mm -hmm. wants the children to go through, or he wants the children to go through to the office, but Harry wants to stay. No, Mr. Potter, it's too dangerous. And they argue, and
1: finally... She
2: agrees they have a right to see who this is that's been staying in their dorm. And so Flitwick points his wand at him to be on guard in case he tries anything, Mm -hmm. and she does the reversal charm.
3: Right, and... He turns Wait, into Merlin, it's
2: Peter Pettigrew.
3: <laughs> yes. And Ron gives a cry of horror and falls on his bum because now there's a short fat man with hair. So colorless it couldn't even be dignified as grey. And Ron's like, He was sleeping with me, Gross Oh, poor Ron. I know. I totally mm-hmm. need to get um the Thrilling Adventure Hour, one of the things that they do is Sparks Nevada, and Sparks Nevada says gross in just this perfect way. I'm going to have yeah. to find this the so output gross. for that.
0: Oh, that is gross. It's so gross. You are gross. You're gross. I was just listening to that today.
3: A Sparks or the newest one that came out?
2: The Sparks one was the newest one that came out last oh, night. No, there's
3: a new one out today. Hmm. It's, I was um, listening to the
2: one that was out last before that, I guess.
3: It's a Philip Fathom. Ah, that's fun.
2: haven't had one of those in a while. That's their, um, this universe's, one of the shows that they do is called Captain Laserbeam, Mm -hmm. and one of the characters in that is Philip Fathom, and he's that universe's equivalent of Batman. He's the the hero the ocean deserves.
3: (laughs) 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 They're always fun. Look,
2: in the distance, above the horizon, is that a lightning bolt? Is
0: it some sort of shooting star or comet?
1: No! It's me. I am the hero the ocean deserves. I am your semi-amphibious knight. I am... Philip Fathom, the the DC detective. Detective!
3: That sounds interesting. Yeah, Aaron, if you need a new podcast to listen to, I highly recommend The Thrilling Adventure Hour.
0: The Thrilling Adventure Hour. Okay. I'm, I'm making a note of it right now.
3: It's basically a a old-time radio show, but done modernly. And it has great people in it. John Hodgman, Nathan Fillion, oh. Mark Evan Jackson. So there's some really cool people. Mm-hmm. But I will say that if you're going to listen to the Sparks Nevada ones, if you start at the beginning and go through, it'll make more sense. The other ones aren't quite as serialized. Okay. So and the two that probably are the best are Sparks Nevada and Beyond Belief. But oh, the, those
2: oh, are the two they know. do the most often. In each of their live shows, they will have one of each of those at least. Right. And then some other show in between. And then they split those all up and release them as separate podcasts. So like, the, the middle ones are fun, but they're kind of random as to which one you're going to get. Like, there's Captain Laserbeam. There's Moonshine Hauler, which is the millionaire who decides to become a hobo to pursue mm-hmm. his hobo princess. Um, there's
3: um, <laughs> Amelia Earhart. Colonel,
2: Tick-Tock, Colonel Tick-Tock, Tick-Tock, who is yeah. the time traveler from Victorian times, who's there to uh, stand century over every century and uh, protect the British Empire. Uh, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, all sorts of different ones yeah. that they have in the middle of their fun.
0: Looks interesting.
2: I've, there's a lot of them here.
3: Yeah, there are. They're actually ending They're ending it next month. Oh, wow. So Are they
2: actually, or are they just saying that?
3: It's going to morph into something else. They're going more into the comic books and things like that, and they're not going to be doing the live Largo shows anymore.
1: Mm-hmm. It's too and bad.
3: They're touring New Zealand and Australia. Mm-hmm. In the end of May and June, I was really hoping they were going to come through Oregon. Night fails coming through Oregon, but not Thrilling Adventure hours. So
2: yeah, I was feeling like one of these years we should go down to California and see it, but apparently not. Oh yeah. well. I know
3: it would have been fun to see. What was the other you one? Oh, the stuff you should know, guys, were just in town too. Hmm. If you listen to that podcast, which is they
2: great. might sort of do random tours around more places now if they're not doing those ones all the time.
3: Yeah. They have their movie that should be coming out that they kickstarted, and I think they're going to try to do some other things. I don't think they're going to just completely go away, but, you know, maybe they'll do it once every six months or something. I don't know. But I'm going to miss it, because I love it. Monday nights, I look forward to my new one. Mm
2: -hmm. Once more, back to the fic.
3: (laughs) Oh, there was a fic.
2: We're away, of course. (laughs) (laughs) It's Peter Pettigrew and... When the arm of his cloak falls away, he happens to be a Death Eater.
0: Yeah, I do love how they don't immediately jump to conclusions that he is a Death—that he must be evil. I love how he, Harry's like, "Oh my God, is my parents friend? He must be so scared!" And then he's like, "Uh," and then McGonagall starts exclaiming things again.
3: <laughs> well, so does Harry. Bloody That's true. buggering hell! <laughs> Very.
0: I wonder if I wonder if that's a cat thing. Like that, I think that's what they're trying to say. That did like uh, what's what's the they have cowling. less self
2: control over. <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah. And I love McGonagall. Morgana's garters, a Death Eater.
2: Well, <laughs> I guess you like could have all, all of back back. things. Why not Morgana?
3: <laughs> and poor poor Ron. Not only does he have an old fat man sleeping in his bed, but now it's an old fat Death Eater that's been sleeping in bed with him.
1: Dun dun <laughs> dun. <da, da. laughs>
2: So Flitwick ties him up. Yeah, and they.
3: Good thing that Flitwick is still on guard. I love
2: this exchange. She flues the headmaster's office, and Albus says, "Good evening, Minerva. Is there a problem?" Albus, I have an unconscious Death Eater tied up in my office. Now, Minerva, I'm sure Severus was just. (laughs) 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 This isn't a joke, Albus. It's not Severus. It's Peter Pettigrew.
1: (laughs) What?
3: So he comes through. One of the
2: things I don't really like about this that I noticed in this last section is that pretty much any time a character says what, there's a little italic thing going, uh, what? Mm -hmm. After it it just seems to be a thing that White Squirrel likes putting in, and it doesn't quite fit with everybody. Oh, well. If that's the most I can find to complain about, I'm sure we're doing pretty well.
3: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, probably. Oh, and we didn't mention this, but last week when Erin came on, we talked a lot about communication. And so we didn't say anything here, but Harry didn't just catch the rat. Harry caught the rat and took it to McGonagall so that he could communicate to her that there was an Animagus in Ron's bed. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And now we've communicated with the headmaster, but we're not going to communicate with Flitwick anymore. He's been banished from the office because he can't know the secret. And he's Mm -hmm. a very good sport about the whole thing and says, okay, I'll go back to my office. Thanks.
2: Yeah. yeah, well, he's kind of reluctant about it, but yeah. he realizes there's sensitive information happening. So.
0: Even more sensitive than, you know, a secret Death Eater, secret Animagus, oh. you
2: know. <laughs> yeah, there's another secret Animagus that was supposed to remain secret, hey, except now Ron knows. <laughs> and Ron's like, um, you're not going to obliviate me, right?
1: No, Mr.
0: <laughs> Dumbledore's like, ooh, that's a good idea, but no, no, not this time. <laughs>
3: I've turned over a new leaf. I'm not obliviating people willy-nilly anymore.
1: So. Yeah.
3: But we must come up with a cover story, and you have to keep this secret. And cover for any awkward questions your family might ask about this man sleeping in your bed. Goodness. Mm-hmm.
2: Surely they won't have any awkward questions about that at
1: all.
3: No, no. <laughs> And they want to know how come he suspected this. And Harry's like, well, I changed into a cat to smell him because he was acting suspicious, but he woke up and tried to get away. And I didn't want to hurt him, but the only way I could think of to stop him was to bite him. Yeah. And so
2: that's, what and he then did. we calmed Ron down and brought him here. And, and Hermione points out if Peter Pettigrew is alive, then Sirius Black obviously didn't kill him. Yeah. So hmm, maybe he didn't do some other things too.
3: Yeah. And about this time, McGonagall's like, did he even have a trial? And Elvis is like, I have no idea. I was busy dealing with Harry. But mm-hmm. I'm sure Barty Crouch would have had a trial. And Hermione's like, is that the Barty Crouch that sent his own son to Azkaban on shaky evidence?
2: Hmm. I really decided to communicate pattern? with Madame Bones.
3: <laughs> yeah. I love interactions with Madame Bones. I don't care where they are. I just like her a lot. Uh-huh. And this mm. one's always a good one. So he flews to her and says, um... I think I have to talk to you, Miss Bones.
2: They and Ron been... kind of firms up the cover story, is Harry and Hermione noticed that Scabbers was acting suspicious, so Ron went to get him, but then he ran away, and they caught him with levitation charms.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but a cat must have bit him somewhere along the way, because he's got bite marks on him. We're not sure how that happened.
2: Yeah. We know nothing about that.
0: Nothing whatsoever. To pay no attention to the pipe marks.
3: <laughs> pay no attention to the marks. They're, su- they're not suspicious at all. It is back. We know nothing. <laughs> but then they have to obliviate him or memory charm him so that he can't tell the Death Eaters about Harry being a cat.
2: And this is going to cause an irrational fear of Harry in particular and cats in general.
3: Yeah, yeah well, he's been a rat for a really long time. He's going to have an irrational fear of cats anyhow. Yeah. So. And if an
0: irrational fear of cats is the worst thing that he gets from all this, you know, then that's all right.
3: Well, yeah. And how many cats is he going to see in Azkaban anyhow?
0: You know, Hopefully none.
3: Well, I yeah. suppose that maybe because it's an irrational fear that he has, maybe the Dementors will bring that forefront in his mind. Ooh.
2: Good thing. Yes, I'm kind of wondering if this is going to be a reappearing plot point, but I guess we'll see.
3: Mm-hmm. I don't know, but so they decide that the kids are going to have to stay in McGonagall's rooms so that they can be out of their rooms while all this stuff's going down. And Ron's like, "But what about dinner?" And McGonagall calls <laughs> Nellie, the house elf. And Nellie shows up and sees Peter and says, "Eek! Bad wizard, Death Eater!" <laughs> he hides behind Minerva's legs.
0: <laughs> oh, house elves!
1: Oh, they're so fun.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So So she pops off to get some sandwiches Mm
1: -hmm. for other
2: dinner things. Yeah. And Albus is going to take care of their pest problem.
3: He is, and he gives 50 points to Gryffindor for ridding the school of a Death Eater.
0: Which is, I think, a a worthy amount. You know, not too high there.
3: No, it's not too high, but it's a good amount.
2: And And Hermione Hermione. says, Harry, I take back anything I said about you chasing mice.
3: (laughs) Good for you, chasing mice.
0: Yep, and then I just got to say, chapter 27 starts with Dumbledore communicating things to Mr. <laughs> and Mrs. Granger.
3: Which he promised right. to do at the very a mug- beginning.
0: A muggle-born parent is being told that something has happened to their child. Ooh. <gasps> that never <nice>. happens.
3: <laughs> exactly. Well, we don't know that it never happens, but they never seem That's to fair. react just to never anything it. that happens. So it feels like it, it never happens. Yeah. Dumbledore had to have told them that Hermione went down and was down in the chamber in the first book, right?
1: I mean... Yeah,
2: got petrified.
1: Yeah. You know? I've seen Probably. some reaction fix
2: to that. That's kind of interesting. Maybe that's why they went to France the next year or whatever.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Try to get her away. Uh,
2: let's go for a vacation somewhere far away.
3: <laughs> so they assume that Harry's been hurt in the Quidditch match. No, 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 he's fine. Harry won the match. Oh, good. Uh But we could have read that in the morning newspaper. Well, there's been an unusual incident. Uh Your children apprehended a Death Eater. They're like, what? And, and again, I assume you don't mean Professor Snape. Poor Snape. Everybody's after him. But the kids are behind Dumbledore, and they're like, we're fine. <laughs> Hi, Mom. All's Hi, well. Dad. All's well. Mm-hmm. Except for you know, I have Death Eater in my teeth. Brush your teeth, Harry. No, well, they don't say that. But.
0: <laughs> yeah, things are a bit complicated.
3: Yeah, complicated.
0: Uh, and of course, he does that thing again with the the what what mm-hmm. what <laughs> yeah. that Scott doesn't like there. Yeah, it is it is happens a little
2: bit. four or five times in this set of chapters, but mm-hmm. you know, well.
0: yeah.
3: <laughs> so Dumbledore sends them home. And they travel through flu and fall over because it's harder than it looks. Yeah. Um, and then they tell the, the story. <laughs> Dan and Emma groan. Please, Harry, tell us you didn't eat Ron's pet rat. No, well, not I exactly. him, But only to stop him from getting away.
2: Yeah. And then we have Percy's reaction to the news. Unsurprisingly, oh, yes. Percy is not taking this news well.
3: <laughs> there was a grown man sleeping in my bed for ten years? <laughs>
2: And he was a death eater, too. Thanks, Ron.
3: (laughs) And Percy Fates (laughs) funk.
2: Yeah. This is terrible. I feel betrayed and double-crossed. What are you talking about, George? This is the greatest prank we've ever seen, and it was a bad guy that did it.
3: (laughs) Yeah. And as this started, right, it was like, I feel cheated, betrayed, double-crossed. And I'm thinking to myself, they're upset that the map never told him he was there. And no, it goes into, I thought, finally, somebody's going to. To have a reason why Peter Pettigrew did not show up on the map.
2: It does get a mention almost. Yeah. Fred says, What I don't get is how we never saw it. A- oh, 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 oh.
3: And that's where it is. Yeah. I know. I was, I was really hoping to get an explanation here. Yeah. But so much for
2: that. I'm wondering if it's um, something along the lines of it depends on how you think of yourself. And so it just had a dot that said scabbers. Or, I don't know. I don't know. That's a possibility anyway.
3: Moody, the fake Moody, came up as Barty Crouch, so...
2: Mm-hmm. But, I mean, he'd only been pretending for part of a year, not 12. That's true. 12. Maybe,
3: uh, yeah. maybe Peter was so far into Scabber's mind that he just, yeah, he maybe he did just think of himself as a rat. I suppose that's a possibility.
2: Yeah, that's all I can think of anyway, unless it's a marauder safety feature and it doesn't show the rest of them.
3: Mm, that's true. That's a good idea. Did we lose Aaron any? Yeah. Oh, there you go. No, I'm here.
0: Something. Except we know that it shows Peter on the map because Lupin sees him on it
1: that's in Book true. 3. Right, yeah. Oh, that's true. true. And he
0: sees Sirius Black on it, I believe.
2: But. Hmm. Yeah. I, I, so it can't even be just when they're in animal form because Peter was in animal form at that point.
0: Right. Yeah. I yeah. guess maybe they didn't have the map at this point? Or uh, or 'cause when they got like in their first year, so maybe I, I don't know. It's
3: yeah, they had maybe they're had just
2: it. not looking at Ron's bedroom most of the time.
3: <laughs> well yeah, and somebody said that before that maybe it was you, Scott, that they were just they're looking at what's happening out in the yeah. castle and not paying. They're looking
2: for and filch the- and peeves and things now, like that. They're not looking th-
0: something though that doesn't jive with that though is that before in their first and second years Percy had scabbers. Right. And they absolutely would have been looking in Percy's room, looking for opportune times to prank him. Right. So, yeah, that is true. I can't, I so, can't yeah, imagine that. It's kind of not. a plot
2: hole there.
3: It is. But it's a canon plot hole.
2: Yeah. hmm
3: <laughs> So we White can't Pearl blame just didn't other people. see fit
2: to fix this particular one.
3: <laughs> hmm
2: <laughs> At least it was lamp shaded, so, you know.
3: <laughs> and then we have Sunday morning... And Padfoot is in his cell, half asleep, in his animal mind, being a dog, and he hears a commotion.
2: Mm-hmm. So he changes back to Sirius, mm-hmm. and Kingsley and
3: or- Proudfoot Orly.
2: and Williamson have come to take him away. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha!
1: Yeah.
3: And he's like, uh, why? Because he knows there's only two things. He might be getting a trial, or he's going to go get kissed. Those are the only two reasons they'd come and get him out of his cell.
2: Yeah. So Harry Potter has discovered you didn't get an actual trial, and he wants to see you answer for your crimes. Personally. Uh, yeah. And it is the 10th of November, 1991.
3: Yeah, a day that Sirius will remember always. And so the
2: Grangers head off into the Ministry of Magic.
3: Mm-hmm. And they have to go into the atrium through the phone box, and Andy of tells them to Of course, they make they Doctor Who do.
1: references. Yes,
3: there's <laughs> lots of Doctor Who here. I love it. <laughs> Wait, all four of us? Well, don't worry, it's bigger on the inside. Like the TARDIS? What's a TARDIS? It's a spaceship that looks like a phone box. Mm -hmm. The Doctor explores the universe with it. Doctor who? Yes! (laughs) Yes, (laughs) I love it.
0: It's it's like an Evan Costello routine almost.
3: (laughs) So I have two magnets on my truck. One says, what happens at the dog park stays at the dog park. And the other one Mm. says, my other ride is a TARDIS. And while I was at the dog park the other day, this man came up to me and he said, what does TARDIS mean that's on your truck? And I tried to explain it to him. And he was like, I don't have time for this space and time stuff. What are you talking about? And I said, never mind. You wouldn't get it. Mm -hmm. But, yeah.
2: Every time you mention the dog park, it makes me think of the Night dog park.
1: Yes, I know.
2: You do not mention the dog park. Yes. You do not look at the dog park. There dogs. is nothing in the dog park.
1: I allowed <laughs> in the dog
3: park. <laughs>
2: mm. Yeah.
3: Our dog park is a little more friendlier than the Night Velvet dog park.
2: Mm-hmm. Just a little. There are actual dogs in it some of the time.
3: Yes, yes. We do let yeah. dogs come in.
2: Generally no hooded figures unless it's raining.
3: <laughs> uh, yes, that's true as well.
2: Anyway, the Grangers are heading to the courtroom, and they're admiring the atrium of the ministry.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, the press is there and trying to get a comment, but Andy tells them that Lord Potter has nothing to say until after the trial.
2: Yeah, because he's not going to get out of saying anything whatsoever, so we no. will just have to come up with some sort of statement.
3: Yeah. So the Weasleys come in, and they kind of make room for him. They sit behind him and mm-hmm. introduce each other.
2: And they spot Dora standing by. mad Or Moody, though they don't know that. Well, they figure it out because of his eye. Mm -hmm. They wave to the Weasleys.
3: And Molly comes over and wraps Harry and Hermione in this great big hug, squeezes them within an inch of their lives.
0: Very out of character for Molly. She doesn't usually hug people.
2: (laughs) Hmm. You made me thinking of a different Molly.
3: (laughs) I'm so sorry, Lord Farmer. I can't believe all this is happening.
2: And Harry's like, yeah, it's fine. Thanks. Please let go. Mm -hmm.
3: And then Remus comes in. And he comes over and introduces himself and says that he was a good friend to Harry's parents.
2: Yeah. And Harry says, pleased to meet you, but I really don't know anything about you.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Remus says, call me Remus if you like Harry. And he's one of the very few adults that use Harry's first name. Mm-hmm. So... And
2: so he introduces him to the family, and Remus pulls up his sleeves just to prove that he's not a Death Eater.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. He says... Dumbledore sent me an urgent owl this morning and told me what happened. You caught Pettigrew, Harry? You personally? Yeah, but I didn't know who he was, says Harry. So much like your father, Harry. Well, it's perfect irony on Pettigrew, only I fear I spent the past decade hating the wrong friend.
2: Yeah. So Dumbledore gets up on the podium and calls the session to order.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And there's some applause for Harry, because it's the first time that he's been in the whizzing About Chambers. Yeah. And they ask him if he wants to take up his seat. And he's like, um, I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> they all yes, laugh. you can do that Whatever you want, as long as your magical guardian agrees. And he says, ah, I think I'll just keep it the way it is for now. That's fine.
3: Yeah. Actually, it has to be after his 11th birthday.
2: Well, yes, but it has been now.
3: Yes. Yeah. yeah. He's 11 now, so it works. And-, and
2: Madame Bones stands up and introduces the new business. Mm. And they're going to adjourn to the Council of Magical Law. Except there's an objection from uh, Mr. Malfoy. Of course. There are muggles in the Wizengamot chambers, and this just cannot be done. <laughs> but they've been officially invited by the chief warlock, so it's all fine.
3: <laughs> See, Dumbledore's good for something.
2: Mm-hmm. The Granger's visit has been approved by the chair, and he'd have to call a vote to get them kicked out. Which And that's not going to work.
3: And then they have Shacklebolt bring the prisoner in.
2: In the matter of the trial of Sirius, Orion Black, and related matters. Yeah. So chapter 28 is said trial.
3: He looks up, and he looks right into the haunting green eyes of Lily Potter. But it's James's face. And he's like, Harry? But he can't talk, because he hasn't talked in years and years and years. And he's sitting with a family he doesn't recognize, with a girl about his age, with butchy brown hair. And there's a gaggle of redheads behind him that can only be the Weasleys. Mm-hmm. And he sees Mooney, who has every right to hate him. But Mooney just looks nervous and confused. And something's going on. But Sirius doesn't dare to hope. And then Madame Bones says, bring in the second prisoner. And it's Peter Pettigrew. Yeah. He tries to shout, Peter, but he can't. He starts coughing. The rat was here. Madame yeah, Bones so, calls um, silence.
2: Yes. And no one can hear Kingsley going, evidence for the defense exhibit one, which is Peter's dark mark.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And they find out that Peter Pettigrew was apprehended last night at Hogwarts. And Sirius tries to shout again. <clears throat> and Matabones Bones yells, order, again. He was apprehended on the advice of our own Lord Potter. Order, Orders! Who noticed suspicious behavior, and we find out that he is an Animagus that has not been registered, and he's been using it criminally. Yeah. And he has a membership in a banned terrorist group.
2: And that's where the Dark Mark gets entered into evidence. Mm
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And then... We read the charges for Sirius, and he pleads not guilty. Yes. And he's going to submit to questioning under Verus Serum, but Lucius Malfoy objects because he might very well be able to throw that off and it can't be considered trustworthy testimony.
3: No, because he's been in Man for all these years, and he should be insane, but he's not. So he must have some way of some dark himself.
0: power, yes. of some kind. Some mm-hmm. dark
3: power, of course. And he's not about to tell him that he's an unregistered animagus as well. So mm-hmm. they have a vote. And, and he's not
2: going to be able to testify under Veritaserum.
1: No, he's not. But
2: they happen to have pensive memories of Pettigrew testifying under Veritaserum. Yes. So let's bring that in.
3: Right. And they ask Pettigrew if he will testify in court under the Veritaserum. And he says no, but that's okay because they've got. This great big pensive that that they bring in. Mm -hmm. And, of course, Malfoy objects to that as well. But they have a Council of the Uniform Trials Act of 1816, which permits the admission of veritaserum testimony when collected under probable cause. So they can use it. And Malfoy, again, calls for a vote for this, but he gets voted down on that one. Yep. So
2: we have Peter's testimony to... All sorts of interesting things.
1: hmm
2: yeah. Also, Mr. Croker from the Department of Histories testifies that the memories have not been modified in any way. Yeah. So, Peter is a Death Eater, was marked just before Halloween 81, which is interesting. They decided it was uh, that the whole betraying of the Potters thing was his initiation in this universe.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: <sighs> yeah. And he told them where the location was. Because and... he
2: was the Secret Keeper. Yep. And not Sirius Black.
3: And Lily cast the Fidelius charm
2: mm-hmm being the charms expert yeah and uh, they detailed the plan of Sirius being the decoy
3: mm-hmm because they thought that Remus was the one who was the death eater
2: mm-hmm and he'd been threatened by the dark Lord and he was scared so he went on with it and then we hear Peter narrates the scene that we in canon, get from Harry's Dementor memories, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is pretty disturbing.
1: Right.
3: And I like that at the beginning of this, before they start showing the evidence, they tell people that it's it's pretty bad, and if anybody's squeamish and wants to leave the chambers, they should do so now. Not mm-hmm. very many people leave. And we find out that Peter took you-know-who's wand and hid it in a, a pipe in Salisbury, and then that he killed the Muggles with the Confringo charm over the gas valve cover. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Screamshire's like, you mean our cover story of a gas explosion was actually a gas explosion? Yeah.
0: Yep. <laughs> I like how it wasn't actually intended for Pettigrew, but he answered anyway. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. He, he Good old Serum.
2: <laughs> yeah. Then Amelia asks him if he saw Sirius kill anyone or attempt to kill anyone or break the statute of secrecy. And apparently he did do that because he showed up and tried to curse Peter in front of a bunch of Mm muggles. So as we go through past this evidence, eventually Sirius decides to plead guilty to the minor breach of the statute of secrecy in return for the attempted murder against Peter being dropped. Right. And they have a motion and a second and pretty much everybody's in favor, even fudge eventually as people sort of stare at him for a while.
3: Yeah, and Barty Crouch growls. Mr. Pettigrew's testimony indicates that Black did attempt to murder him, so we don't have definite proof that he's not a Death Eater. And Sirius says, well, why don't you roll up my sleeves and actually check, Barty? Because they never even did that before they sent him to Azkaban without a trial. And
0: Yeah, which is just kind of ridiculous.
3: Yeah. And, of course, when they bare his forearms, they are bare. Mm-hmm. And so, we move to drop the charges. Hooray!
1: Yay! And we have... And I like a- this
0: bit here, how how it's not just all charges are gone. It's they have to kind of, there's like with a nudge and a wink to kind of ease it through. They have this whole thing where he has to plead guilty to the breach of the statute of secrecy Mm -hmm. to get the last bad charge off of there. I thought that was really clever. I thought this was a really interesting courtroom scene. You know, there was a lot of, you know, procedure stuff. There was a lot of fairly good arguments, things that seemed plausible, you know, not just kind of Malfoy says something irritating and, you know, rabble, 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 Rabble 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 yo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And
3: I love that Andromeda and Madam Longbottom are a fairly well oiled team here. You know, mm-hmm. One moves to do something and the other one seconds. And they do this a lot. They'll do some more later in the story too, but they have this neat kind of thing going. And this reminds me of a story I have a friend who had a motorcycle and he parked his motorcycle outside of his apartment building. And went away on vacation for a week. And while he was gone, the city came and painted the curb yellow. So he got a ticket because he was parked where he shouldn't be parked. But it wasn't yellow when he left and when he parked it there. So he went to the city and he said, look, it wasn't yellow. You guys painted this while I was gone. And the city said, okay, well, if you plead guilty, we'll drop the charges. And he's like, but I'm not guilty. I didn't do anything. So it was this real dilemma for him because if he pled guilty, he could get the charges dropped. But if he didn't plead guilty, then he was going to be charged for parking in a no-parking zone, even though he hadn't parked in the no-parking zone. And it just, yeah, it became this real dilemma for him. Yeah, he worked it out. I can't remember exactly how it worked out. I think he did finally just plead guilty to get it taken off. But, yeah, weird stuff. And it wasn't a unanimous vote to get him off. It was very, very Certainly
0: not. Closer than it should be with such preponderance of evidence, but.
3: Yeah. But.
2: People like to keep to the status quo.
3: And, you know, they don't want to admit they did something wrong.
2: Mm hmm. They cleverly managed to insert in here a few mentions of it being the previous administration, so at least they can get Fudge to go along with
0: it. Mm -hmm. It's not technically his fault.
3: Yeah, and basically... Even if he
0: was there when he was arrested, but...
3: Yeah, Sirius says, Mm -hmm. I won't press charges against you for false arrest, because that was the the previous administration, Mm -hmm. if you, you know, let me out of here now, kind of a thing.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a good compromise because you see in a lot of fix, he'll get off and he'll like get a bunch of money from the ministry. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sometimes Fudge will be forced to resign as well for whatever reason. And in this one, it's very much, you know, yes, he's getting off, but like you said, he's giving up his right to remuneration. You know, he's having to actually pay a fine for being put in Azkaban for 10 years, essentially. Mm -hmm. Like, it's it's ridiculous if you think about it that way, but. Yeah,
2: for breaking the secrecy, the secrecy statute. Secrecy
0: statute, yeah. Yeah. And you know, if he doesn't say the thing about it being the previous the being the fault of the previous administration, if he doesn't say, you know, I'm going to not file charges, how many votes do those two things swing right there? If it's 3, then that's the entire margin of victory. Right. So, that's it's very cleverly done.
3: Yeah. It's actually 5, 32 to 26, but yeah, I see what you're saying. I do like that he looks at Narcissa and says, "I'll be wanting my Wizengamot seat back."
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh darn, the boys don't get two seats anymore.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Since you're here, I'll take it. My oh-so-loving mother is no longer with us, and the blood couple fumes. They've lost mm-hmm. their boxy
1: seat.
2: And then we have. Peter's guilty plea, and he tries to, could I make a plea bargain too? I was like, well, you could take your five life sentences and just make it one life sentence.
3: (laughs) If you'd like.
2: Yeah, 16 actually. So yeah, he doesn't, he just pleads guilty, and they send him away.
3: Yeah, well first he says, it doesn't matter because the Dark Lord will return, and then you'll all get yours! And she silencios Mm -hmm. him.
2: Yeah, and Harry kisses at him and he flinches. Mm
3: Mm-hmm. And they all look at Harry and Sirius and Remus.
2: And the minister makes a face-saving motion to strip Pettigrew of his Order of Merlin and mm-hmm. award them to Harry Potter. And Harry says, well, okay, as long as Hermione
0: gets one too. <laughs> yeah. Very hairy thing to say.
3: Yeah. And it turns the screws on the Lucius Malfoy faction because, ooh, we're giving an Order of Merlin to a Muggleborn.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. So yeah. they make a motion that both he and Hermione get Order of Merlin third class. Mm. And, and they'll have to schedule the formal presentation later. Right. And they end the special session of the wesson and head out.
3: And Remus and Sirius have a little bit of a chat where they apologize to each other.
1: Because... Mm-hmm.
2: And uh, Remus still gets to say his line about the flesh reflecting the madness mm-hmm. within.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, uh,
2: just with a little bit of a different twist. Yeah.
3: And I think it was Andromeda puts up sort of a smokescreen around them so that they can be away from prying eyes. And then a portal in the fog Mm. opens up and it's Tonks. is this really Little Nymph and Dora, says Sirius. And she says, just Dora, if you know what's good for you, or Tonks. Yeah. And then she says, it's been a while since I've seen either of you. Do you come here often? And she just starts
0: flirting like crazy with Remus. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Gee, I wonder where that might go. (laughs) I don't know.
3: I don't know. And then we have Sirius telling Harry that he's the godfather and...
2: No, not that godfather.
3: Yeah. I'm your godfather. Um. I know. And I'm sorry, I shouldn't have trusted the rat in the first place. Can you forgive me? Can you forgive your stupid godfather for screwing everything up? And Harry says, well, yeah. Mm-hmm. And look, you're a Gryffindor. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and he notices Hermione standing there. It's like, have you got yourself a girlfriend already? He's uh, no, this is my sister. <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> he, sister? And then they say, we have adopted him. Daniel Granger, and this is my wife, Emma, and my daughter, Hermione.
2: Yeah. Adopted? So they arrange for Sirius to, you know, spend a week or so kind of recovering, Mm -hmm. and then they'll meet up at the next Hogsmeade weekend.
3: Yeah, he says, I'm fine, I'm not gonna pass out, as he starts to swoon. (laughs) Yeah. They insist on taking him to St. Mungo's.
2: And they have to decide if they're going to tell him about the whole Animages thing.
3: Yeah, they're not gonna do that just yet. Yeah.
2: And Dumbledore comes over to apologize.
3: As well,
2: and he's the one who comes up with the idea of using the Hog'smeade weekend Mm
3: -hmm.
1: because
2: Sirius is going to be stubborn and stay out of St. Mungo's so he can spend time with Harry. And ah, maybe he should not do that.
0: Yeah, might be a bad idea. Mm
2: -hmm. (laughs) So they head off to St. Mungo's, and then Fudge comes up to personally apologize to Lord Black, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. and then Harry gets to make a little bit of a speech because the press is there. And he says, well, you know, it's been six years since I was asked to join my new family. And it's a really great moment in my life. And this has been a pretty great moment, too. So it's been a good anniversary. Yeah. And then Xenophilius Lovegood comes up and wants to know, is it true you're a secretly stubby boardman? <laughs> It's like, uh, I don't remember any of that. Um, Is it possible it all got lost in the drink? And Remus says, no, you're a terrible singer. Okay, well, that's that.
3: (laughs) Must not be me.
0: No. So, and uh, of course, a token appearance of Luna as well, which I always enjoy because, damn if Luna isn't awesome, so. Yeah,
3: it's Mm. always great to see Luna. And she shows up a bit more coming up, I think. (laughs) There's a letter. They mention
2: her a couple times, times, times in the next few chapters, and then I'm sure she does show up eventually.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: <sighs> I agree. I like Luna too. Well, Aaron is getting tired because it's probably close to midnight at his house. <sighs> mm-hmm. Yeah, And it's getting close to that here, so I'm thinking we should just end it here, and we'll just add an extra podcast and split up the last group of chapters into two, and that way we won't <sighs> be stretching it too far.
2: I don't know. We're, we've yeah. got our the trial has been over with, and we've had a happy ending there so far. So it's a good enough yeah. place to
0: pause for a week. It was a pretty epic chapter too. It was you know intrigue and drama and lots of cool stuff.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm.
3: yeah, I like this story. I I broke down and read ahead, so I finished year <laughs> one, which is as far as I've read previously. And I'm going to start the next bit tonight, or probably tomorrow. I'll load it tonight so that I have it to listen to. Cool.
0: Nice. Have to figure out how many chapters behind I am right now because I, I think I, gosh, I might have, I might have four whole chapters at the end of this thing wow. to to catch up on.
3: That's a lot to read while you're sleeping in a tent or a sleeping bag.
0: Mm-hmm. And four chapters from his other story.
3: Oh yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. I don't remember the last where I was when I. Stopped reading that. I think it was close to the end, but probably there's a few chapters to go there as well.
3: Does your phone read it to you, Aaron? Can you listen mm. to it? Or no, I'll just to... read it. I'll, I'll just make a, like
0: a EPUB out of it and put it in my Kindle or, or put it in the iBooks app or something.
3: It'll
1: be
0: fine. I've I was got... just
3: trying to figure out if you could listen while you were walking.
0: I probably could, but I'm not I wouldn't do that. Uh I generally like to not I generally have my ears free, mm-hmm. my senses free when I'm walking or when I'm hiking, just because, you know, the enjoying the the outdoors and such. Right.
3: Oh
2: well that's fine too yeah. It's good to do.
3: It is good to kinda of pay attention to things around you. <laughs> Especially in the wilderness.
1: Mm-hmm. You
0: never know. Yeah. You want to hear the rattle of the rattlesnake you're about to step on, you
3: yeah.
1: know. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Or the growl of the bear cub that you're about to step between it and his mother.
2: Yeah. Never yeah, a so its mother. not so good You No falling off of cliffs or anything of that nature. Or the
3: rat that is following you with the silver hand.
2: That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you would hear in that case, but uh, you,
3: you, know, every
2: every, you hear every step you hear a clink.
3: <laughs> Yeah, you'd hear shuffle, shuffle, clink, shuffle, shuffle, clink, shuffle, shuffle, clink. It's it's like we went camping and we took the dogs with us. They were just puppies. And I had the dogs in the tent with me and the rest of the family was in the camper because they didn't want the dogs in the camper or whatever. I took the dog's collar off. It was a choke collar because I didn't want her to sleep in the choke collar. And in the middle of the night, the raccoons came down and stole the choke chain. You could hear them with the chain crawling up through the trees. You could just hear them pulling it up. And, yeah, it was gone. We didn't have it the rest of the trip. Oh raccoons. So you never know what's going to happen in the wilderness. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: Lots of fun, hopefully. Huh?
3: You'll yeah. You'll have to come on the following week, Aaron, just to tell us about your trip. Sure.
0: Sure. I should be good, although I've been back a couple days then, so I'll be good and rested.
3: Yeah, recuperated a bit.
0: Yeah, the vacation after the vacation, yeah.
3: Yeah, because, you know, it would be terrible if you fell asleep on the podcast.
2: <laughs> yeah, we'd, just, we'd just call it a uh, flashback. Yeah, It'd yeah be fine. that's true.
0: <laughs> yeah, that, <laughs> we'll uh, yeah, that wrap we'll this
2: one up so you don't have to fall asleep on this one. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> I appreciate that because, yeah, but I had a good time, and um, this is a really good fic, and it's fun to talk about it.
3: Yeah. And it's fun to have you back with us a little bit. So Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Good to be back. All righty. Well, we hope you guys in listener land are enjoying this story and we will continue on with it after the end of first year, even though we're only covering through first year, and that you'll check back in to find out what happens now that Sirius is out because we have this new dynamic now that Harry has been adopted by people that he loves but now his godfather is out, and are they going to let him be part of Harry's life or not? So you have to come back next week and find out what's going to happen.
2: Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, we still have a strange corridor with a giant dog in it, so, you know, there's some things going on there, too. <laughs> yeah,
3: That's true. You never know. We have to figure out if it's Quirrell or Snape that's causing all the trouble.
0: Yeah. <laughs> because it could be either one. We don't know. We don't know. It might be Snape, it might be Quirrell. There's no way to tell, really. <laughs> nope. Shocking twist, it's a buddy comedy they're working together. <laughs> 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 that would be a shocking and welcome twist.
3: <laughs> yes. And we'll have to see if the twins actually throw snowballs at Quirrell's head just so. We just hitting hitting, the hitting Voldemort. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Always a good thing.
2: Well, I think that wraps it up for this episode of Potter Fake Weekly, so good night, everybody.
3: Good night.
2: Good night.
3: Good night, Aaron. (sighs)
2: So hold on to the wonder
1: that those books brought to our lives. Keep
0: each other safe.
1: Keep faith. Good night.